With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Zoltan today. Enjoy your podcast with Miller and Dace coming to you from the Exile Brewing Company studios. Also want to thank Heartland Flagpoles and Flags for jumping on and being a sponsor to the HN podcast. That's heartlandflags.com where you can go and find a flag, a sign. I mean, seriously, just go visit the website. If you're a sports fan, doesn't matter what team you favorite team you have. Steve loves, you know, Michigan and uh, the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Tigers, um, you know, which isn't necessarily a fun existence as of late, but I mean, Dace can find anything he wants on heartlandflags.com for his favorite team. So I love the Kansas City Royals, and you can get plenty of Royals items on that site. So check it out. All right, Steve, last week um, in our predictions, it wasn't a very good week for either of us. We both went 5 and 10. Uh, that put, yeah, that puts me at 15 and 15 for the two-week season. You are 13 and 17. You, however, get to claim um, a Pyrrhic victory, a 46-42 uh, in the confidence points. So let's hope those are the two lowest totals that either of us have all year. I mean, I'd, I'd rather win like 95 to 91 than 46 to 42, but a win's a win. I guess Iowa once beat Penn State six to four, so you counted the same as beating somebody forty to ten. Let's get on with this week's games. Um, South Florida is hosting Illinois. South Florida is—I don't know if I'd say they're the girl with the curl right now, but they probably have more going for them than Illinois. It's fourteen and a half point line. South Florida's favorite. And I, I know better than to take a young team like Illinois in what will be their first road game, and that's probably going to be one of the reasons why you go the other direction. I'm just playing a hunch here. I think Illinois covers the spread. If this, if it was 14 or 13.5, I'd take South Florida. But 14.5, I'm taking Illinois, and I'm actually putting 10 points on it. You know, I'm actually with you. I just picked the other way, and let me tell you why. I mean, because you saw my picks. No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, (laughs) no. I'm. I have the same read on this that you do. Um, Also, South Florida did not practice for more than a week until Tuesday. So, you know, they've had all this time off with the hurricane, but they've not been practicing. They've had some other things going on, obviously. Not to mention the first couple of weeks against Stony Brook and San Jose State, they didn't look that great. So, Steve, if, if you agree with John's logic, then you look at you know the way Illinois played. I had Illinois last week as an upset, and that worked. You know, I love, and I just said last week, one of the reasons I took that is I love the trend of taking power five schools that are underdog to group of five schools. 
In fact, this this might be the biggest underdog I've seen a, a, a group of five over a power five, except for when Boise State was at its apex and it would play, you know, the worst team in the Pac-12, okay? I mean, to see, this line's actually gone up to 17. The reason why I'm going with, with uh, South Florida is two or three people who have proven to know more about this than I. This is one of their, like, best bets this week. And if you look at my record the first two weeks, I need all the help I can get. So I'm going with that. Wait a second. Something just dawned on me now. I used to more than hold my own against you in these picks battles. Dating back to our Cyhawk Talk State of the Nation show, where one year I think I had like 69% winners for a whole football season. I right. mean, went back and forth. But the last couple of years, you've really worked me over on this, and something dawned on me. Something also happened a couple of years ago. You became best pals with Wayne <laughs> Allen Root. Here we go. And yeah. you just basically let it slip. Hey, based upon some of these guys I've been listening to, you're getting inside intel from war <laughs> before we make these picks. And that's freaking garbage. Um, yes, you can't I, deny it. War and I are buddies. That part is true. Um, fact, when I was last out in Vegas last summer for a business meeting, um. He came over to the casino hotel I was staying in. We had a nice long dinner. That's that's true, okay? I, I can get war on the phone or via text or email if I need to. Now, we don't talk as much as we used to because let's just say war is a little bit more uh, Trumpkin than I am, okay? But we're still on very friendly terms. However, I did not consult him with any of these picks, nor have I in the past, um, and while it is true, you used to be able to hang with me and even we even had a year or two where you beat me on this pretty good. We've always had a dynamic where even in the years where you could hang with me, when we got outside the big 10, I owned you when we stayed in, the, when we stayed in the big 10, it was the other way around, right? That's the way it used to work. Right. So, um, when I mean other sources, I just mean the same people I've gone, I've watched for years, just to do my own research. That's what I mean. Okay. I'm not getting any inside slant on this. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I am, just not from the person you claimed I was. That's all. It's just somebody that I haven't named, so you don't have to deny that. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. Since not being a cook, Michigan yes. uh, is a 27 point favorite against Air Force. Michigan laid a, had a big number last week against Cincinnati, and I took Michigan because I remember last year, the guys in Vegas, the guys out in the desert, couldn't come up with a line high enough that Michigan couldn't cover for like the first seven, eight weeks of the season. It mm -hmm. was ridiculous. And Michigan was covered, and, and, and I was beating you on Michigan all year last year like you were beating me on Kansas State all last year and probably will again today. But... Air Force is different. Air Force had a really nice, was it 62-7 to opening win? Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Air Force to cover the 27. I'm going to put five on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the opening win was against VMI. But, yeah, it was a nice opening win. Um, it's, an, it's an offense you don't see very often. Michigan's been practicing for it since uh, the spring. In fact, they spent most of their spring practice on defense in Rome 
working on this, but you can't really simulate working it. on the Air Force game. That's they they spent yes. most of their spring practice working on the preparation for Air Force when they had a preseason top ten matchup against Florida. Yeah, in Rome they did in Rome. So I, it wasn't like all fifteen practices were on Air Force. They they weren't. But while they were in Rome, the week they were in Rome, at the end, the defensive focus was spent on preparing for Air Force. Yes. And the triple option. Because you're, you're really playing him, you know, on three days preparation in, a, in the season. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. every, every college team has either Sunday or Monday off. And then whichever one of those two days you don't have off, then, or whichever, then you know, the other three, you go. And then, you know, starting on Thursday, you're not hitting anymore. You're trying to get guys healed up and rested for the game. So, yeah, you got three days. Um, I don't know how good Air Force is, but even when they're not that good – they're still good to some extent. And I just think it's hard to get enough possessions to cover a line like this. Right. Um, now, I love the over in this game, but we're not doing totals. So I'm with you. I'm going to take Air Force, and I'm actually going to put 10 on it um, when I think you only put five, right? So I, Correct. I'm, I'm, I'm going even more on Air Force. Penn State is at home, 37.5-point favorite against Georgia State. That's a big number. I just kind of feel like Vegas is wanting you to take Georgia State. Penn State put up a ton of yards last week, like you talked about on Sunday. Penn State's box score against Pittsburgh looked the way that it was supposed to look. just didn't result in a, in a wider margin. So I think Penn State's going to cover this one. I could see this one being like 42 to nothing, seven points on the Nits. Yeah, I think Penn State is what Michigan was at this time last year. Uh, Another school, you know, the two universities that have the largest living alumni bodies in in the world are Penn State and Michigan. Public universities, I should say. Penn State and Michigan. So, you know, I think think Penn State, I think think these numbers, they didn't cover the line last week. No, they didn't. They didn't get 35 points. That's the first, that that streak was actually snapped. Um, I went back and looked at it again. Yeah, they had a great box score. Pitt actually slightly outgained them. I, that stunned me. Other than that, yeah, I mean they played really well, but I, I think the I think some of these lines with Penn State, because they're kind of a new hotness right now, like Michigan was a year ago. I, I think they're a little inflated. It's a it's a sandwich game for them. They had a huge in-state rivalry game. They they open Big Ten play next week, so I'm gonna go five on Georgia State. Minnesota. Is at home against Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State. Minnesota has been installed as an eleven and a half point favorite. By the way, the lines we use just as a reminder of the opening week's line, opening week lines at VegasInsider.com. That seems like far too large a number for Minnesota to cover against a Middle Tennessee State, who I don't think the talent gap at this juncture between these two programs is a chasm. So I'm putting twelve on Middle Tennessee State. I'm with you. I mean. Middle Tennessee State is a really good coach. Rick Stock still has been there for over 10 years. He's won a lot of games. Um, you know, they've got a really good – they had one of my best-ranked best wide receiver cores. Dude used uh, to sell TVs studio. in Des Moines. He's freaking versatile. <laughs> Riley Ferguson's a really good quarterback. I, I'm with you. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Middle Tennessee State won this game. I agree. Actually. I agree. So I'm, I'm, I'm going nine on the Blue Raiders here. I was only going to put eight – but I gave them an extra point when I saw the helmets that oh going to wear. Oh, gosh. And you know I love me some P.J. Fleck, but, bro, no, no. 
No, you can't do that. I, I saw somebody superimpose the Chuck E. Cheese on it, and they had yes. like whack-a-mole. That was perfect. My gosh, those are hideous. That looks like the logo for some sororities Beaver Olympics. No, you don't. You don't do that on your football helmet. No, you don't do that. It's bad. It's really bad. I'm just curious where you pulled that one from. That's what it looks like. It looks like a beaver on the side of their helmet. Beaver, some sororities, beaver Olympics. Would you watch Revenge of the Nerds last night? I forgot they're the Gophers. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But it looks like a beaver. (laughs) Gophers. That's how ridiculous it is. I thought it was a beaver when I looked at it all week. Oh, that's why. That's and then why. I remember they actually play, they just played the so beavers. So, the so you really meant some sororities gopher Olympics is what you were really meaning, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was wondering what the pause was. Damn rodents. You thought I was you thought this was some double on top Oh, I get it. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Let's just say that was they look ridiculous and let's move on. Okay, I get it now. I got you. Indeed. Uh Notre Dame, thirteen and a half point favorites at Boston College. I don't know why. I did this. Maybe because I still feel like Brian Kelly hasn't fired his last salvo at Notre Dame, but I think this will be his last season as head coach of Notre Dame. And I feel that his self-inflicted wound tirade this past weekend will be one of the – it's kind of like tax evasion, like you mentioned. that You can't do that when you're that close to the line, and he did it. I'm going to take Notre Dame. I'm only putting six on it. I just feel like they – may be able to wake up the echoes the trend line in this game is nuts it's like 20 years not, since 1993 boston college is like an 85 percent trend covering in this matchup and uh, you know they basically treat this you know for boston college this game is what iowa was when dan mccarney was at iowa state i mean it's their super bowl it's it's a season unto itself um, in fact, Boston College has not been that good the last few years. And they're 6-1 and one against the spread over that time against Notre Dame. So I'm taking the Eagles. I'm laying 14 on it. And I wouldn't be shocked if they won the game straight up. Nebraska at home against Northern Illinois. The Nebraska defense is much maligned, both on the field and in the press. And that's a pretty big number for a team that hasn't really instilled a lot of confidence lately. But you know what? I I think Nebraska has some fight in them. I think they have some pride, and they have some talent to back up that pride. I'm putting 15 points on the Cornhuskers as my best bet of the week to cover the 14. I'd like you to be right. I mean, the league really needs them to be Oh, I'd like to be dead wrong. Good. Nice. It's just I I have a hard time laying big numbers with teams that don't play much defense, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'll take Nebraska too, but I'm only putting four points on it. Yes, and Northern said. and Northern Illinois is a program. You know, going back to when you know PJ Fleck was a player there, and he was on that team in '06 when they beat Alabama and Iowa State. If you remember that team, that was kind of their their breakthrough year. I mean, for the last 10 years, 
this is a program that has gone on the road and played like everybody. They're, they're not going to be intimidated. That's just kind of part of their M.O. as a program, you know. And so you throw that in and the lack of defense, and I just I don't know how good Nebraska is. I don't know what to think of them. You, you said a minute ago that the Big Ten needs them to be good, yet you said before the season even started or maybe after the first two nights of the opening week that you're already sick and tired of the debate on which conference is better. So those two things seem at odds. I'm glad you asked another. me about that. It, well, the de- the debate and 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 the and the situation are are different. The debate is often dumb. You know, it, it, it's based on nothing other than bragging rights. But the reality is, we have a playoff selection, and not everybody plays everybody. Not every conference has a championship game. Well, actually, now they all do. Not every conference plays nine conference games, okay? So we have uneven, unbalanced scheduling. Uh, we have a playoff selection process. That's why, you know, I got some Michigan fans upset at me at Michigan Podcast that I did a little rant at the end of my show that I was not happy, you know, ecstatic to see Ohio State get depanted. One, I'm just, you know, I'm just not wired that I get off on misery of people I'm against if I don't beat them. I, I like beating what I'm against. I don't get any joy out of watching somebody else beat somebody I can't beat, if you know what I'm trying to say. Okay? Like, like I enjoyed I enjoyed listening to Sound Off after Iowa State beats Iowa. But I don't go when, when, if Iowa loses to somebody else, I don't like jump in and listen. I don't, I never got off on that. You know? I like it when Iowa State beats Iowa because I root for Iowa State. Then it's fun. But you know, when, when you did Sound Off, I listened and would laugh. But when you did sound off, if you lost to anybody else, I didn't really get off on that. Why the hell do I care? That doesn't do anything for me. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't, I've never just been that kind of fan. I just don't do that. I'm into, I root for and against what is in the best interest of my favorite team. If you're a Big Ten team that has any prospect of making the playoff, Saturday night was not good for you. It's not. And whatever the odds were of, the, of a Big Ten team not making the playoff, they're double now. So if you thought the odds were only 1%, they're 2. If you thought they were only 5, they're 10. If you thought they were 20, they're 40. Because if we get into a situation at the end of the year where all these conference champions have one or two losses, and you're going to try and say, if it's Ohio State, well, who'd you beat in the non-conference? If you're the team that beat Ohio State, if you're Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, somebody else out of the West, well, you know, they're going to be like, well, how, who care, how big a win was that against Ohio? You're in the situation Oklahoma was in last year is what I'm trying to say. All right? That was not a good night for the Big Ten Conference. So I don't, I don't get off on um, that because that's the reality of where we're at. It does matter. The perception of your conference, because of that's the majority of your schedule, make, does, me, is meaningful. I just don't give two craps or a stroke if, if that – that, like I, I don't take like I, I wanted Ohio State to beat Oklahoma because it helped Michigan, but if you know Ohio State wins the Big Ten championship and goes to the college football playoff, I'm not in my man cave chanting Big Ten, Big Ten. Like Mississippi State fans, why the hell do they care if Alabama wins the national championship or not? That's the stuff. I, the provincialism is what I don't like. You know what I'm trying to say? I the do. Is we need to care, but the provincialism aspect of it, I think, is frankly for losers. Yeah, the SEC chance by yes. yeah, yeah. But to, you know, to, I, there's only one program out there I hope loses every single time they step on the field, and will for the rest of my life, and that's Penn State. Other than that, eh. I mean, I'm, I, I hope Iowa State kicks Akron's butt this weekend. 
I hope they roll them up. Hope yeah, I, if you're an Iowa fan, the, the dumbest chant in sports other than SEC, SEC, the dumbest, the, even dumber than that, overrated. Right. Never it's, understood yeah, that. I agree. All right. What do you mean to tell me you're, you, you, you're already diminishing your big win? It's not that important. We shouldn't care about the fact you beat these guys. That That's pissing in the wind with the wind blowing in your face's direction, okay? Dumbass. Well, that's the that's the the definition of pissing in the wind. The wind is blowing into your face unless you're anatomically jacked up in your thingies in the back. Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to assume anybody's gender here on our all-inclusive podcast. Uh, all right, let's move along then. Heartland Flagpoles and Flags has flags of various shapes and sizes, banners, wind socks, and more of nearly every team and every sport. That's college, NFL, MLB, NBA, and hockey. If you feel like maybe you're the only Seattle Seahawks fan in your neighborhood, don't worry. They have flags for you as well. Heartland Flags has more than 100 Iowa Hawkeye items from flags to tiki totems, metal signs, luggage tags, and so much more. Let your fandom fly when you shop at Heartland Flags. Free shipping. Seriously, when you shop online, we're talking about free shipping. Your orders will ship for free from Heartland Flags. Heartlandflags.com is the website. Go check it out. Dace, he's a huge Michigan fan. He's a Detroit Lions fan. Rob Howe is a New York Mets fan. I went to their website. Heartlandflags.com has it for you. Again, free shipping on all orders online. Follow them on Twitter at Heartland Flags. And once again, visit them online at heartlandflags.com. Wisconsin is a 14-point... I had the home team wrong in this, but you know. Wisconsin's on the road at BYU. They're a 14-point favorite. Saw this line. I said, whoa, that's a huge line. And that's exactly the reason why I'm taking Wisconsin and I'm putting 14 points on it. I'm with you. I I think this is a dangerous game. I'm only going to put 13 points on Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. BYU starting quarterback is out. I'm – I, the problem is you're dealing with a program, and BYU has a lot of pride and a lot of tradition. And the last couple of weeks, they have been brutal on offense. So it's it's one of those games where I think Wisconsin has the kind of tradition where they'll jump on them early and put them down. But, man, if they don't, if they don't, they could lose this game. You know, there's a – so I'm, I'm a little concerned about that, but – this slate of games, I'm not really comfortable with. No, that's that. As I was putting these together before I made my picks, as I was going through and sorting through, I'm like, "Damn, this is not going to be fun to come back through and pick these." And it really, no, it, it most wasn't. Most of these are not in my own personal picks. Most of these are not games that I'm I'm actually involved in picking. So, I was I'm at I'm at a pretty slim pickings to determine where I'm going to put a lot of my points. No so question. I'm I'm just putting the odds on Wisconsin because. BYU's offense already was struggling, and now Tanner Mangum is hurt, so I'll go with the Badgers. Yeah, they didn't cross midfield against LSU, and now that guy's out. How long has he been there? Well, remember, he played as a as a freshman. He threw those Hail Marys like against Nebraska a few years ago, uh-huh. and then he went on his Mormon mission. That's it. I always forget about just, that two-year sojourn. Yep. yep, so that's why it seems like he's been there for so long. Yeah. He's uh, only like a sophomore or a junior, I believe. Let's go to Missouri is hosting Purdue seven and a half point favorites and I don't know what the over under is in this one but it might not be high enough I'm going to put 11 on Purdue to cover this I think they'll win outright yeah you and I see this exactly the same I've got 12 on Purdue 
Uh, I could see them winning outright. Wouldn't shock me. But what I really love is the hook. I love, I love the half point. I do think that might make a difference in a high-scoring game that I think could be 34-20 or, or 38-31, 45-38. I'll take that half point. That gives you an added extra uh, bit of value there. So I'm putting 12 on the Boilermakers because we also know Missouri doesn't play any defense. They just got rid of their defensive coordinator, who I just found out, I didn't realize this, is former Iowa State assistant, Damani Cross, hmm. uh, is their defensive coordinator. And you got to wonder, when the head coach there is a defensive guy and he's firing his defensive coordinator two games into the season, what the hell did he watch all offseason, right? right? You know I mean? you got to wonder, what were you doing all offseason if you thought, if, if he was on this, if he was this close to the edge, then why'd you let him sit around and develop that side of the football for the last eight months when that's that's your area of expertise of your Barry Odom to begin with? So I'm taking I'm going to take Purdue. Right. Um, next up on our list here is Iowa hosting North Texas. Iowa is a 23 point favorite at least to open the week, and. Oftentimes, I would say 50, 50 or so percent of the time in the September games for Iowa, I still don't have a feel for them. It's a developmental program, and this is a team that I know more about than any other team out there. I'm not exactly sure how this one's going to play out. On the one hand, I could see it playing out just Iowa comes out, smashes them up, you know, 44 to 10. Um, or I could see something like 41-21. Well, I think the latter is what I'm going to go with. I'm only putting one point on this game. I'm taking North Texas to cover. I think Iowa wins by 21, but the line's 23. Obviously not confident. North Texas, one point to cover 23. You know, my analysis is exactly like yours. I have a slightly different conclusion. I'm going to take Iowa, but because of everything you just said is what I was thinking too. So I'm only putting three points on them. So you and I see this one very similarly. I, I is, is that, I mean, this is this is a cruise control Saturday for Iowa before uh, the gr- the nine week grind of Big Ten play begins, and that means they could come out and and just you know get her done in the first quarter. They could come out and be very sluggish, coming off a big emotional win on the road. You just don't know, you know. So. Um, I'm going to go with Iowa, but like you, I'm not putting many points on this. Not a rake your lawn Saturday, cruise control Saturday. Right. You're, you mean you know, you know you're not going to lose, okay? But you're not guaranteed that you're going to enjoy the – it's, it's going to be a full throttle game at the exact same time. Yeah, I, I don't really like it. I mean, I don't know that this game does a whole lot for you. It certainly, I mean, it's an air raid offense. You're not going to have a preparation like that the rest of the year, really. Um, I don't know. I yeah, guess... yeah, Purdue in your in your conference, and that that's in your division. That's you know um, their new coach's system is that he's an air raid guy from coming from Western Kentucky. All right, so, so they need a little bit. Maybe that helps you a little bit. All right, Northwestern uh, is at home against Bowling Green after coming off a hideous hideous loss last week at Duke, where Duke, gosh, what what would we say it was? Um, they ran 104 plays to like 54 for Northwestern. At four so, times as much yardage. Yeah, just unbelievable. Almost like a butt whooping like Iowa got against Arizona State back in 2004. Northwestern's a 21.5 point favorite against Bowling Green. I think Northwestern's going to come out and lay the wood. I'm putting 13 points on the Cats to cover. Yeah, no, I'm always hesitant with Northwestern in big numbers because right. that's just not their thing. And 
but I'm going to take them in this game because Vegas has to know that's not their thing. And they were kind of telling us last week, remember we talked about this last Thursday, that that Duke spread just smelled funny. And we're going to get to a spread here later in the, later on that's, that smells very iffy to me as well. Um, but uh, I'm going to take Northwestern, but I'm only going to put two points on it. And this is now this is where the hook has me worried. You know, getting the hook in the Purdue-Missouri game, and for people who right. want to know what the hook gets, lingo for the half point. Getting the hook in the Purdue-Missouri game I like. But when I have to give that hook, that's where I, that's where the the infamous backdoor cover comes into play. No doubt. It's like we talked about earlier on with South Florida, Illinois. That's For me, yep. I got the hook, so I took it. Uh, Ohio State 30-and-a-half against Army. I'm going to take Army to cover just because of you know what we talked about earlier with Air Force yeah. possessions being low. Ohio State, I could see them winning it, you know, something like 31 to three. Um, so I'm only putting two though on Army. Same. We have a lot of similarities this week, and you can tell it's an uncertain schedule that we're not. Yeah. Neither one of us is all that confident about this <laughs> slate of games. But but I have the, just like with Iowa North Texas, I have the same analysis with you. As you, slightly different conclusion, I will take Ohio State, but I'm only putting two points or one point on it because you're right. You're just limited in possessions, and Army's a lot better football team. You know, they they snapped the losing streak to Navy last year. They got to a bowl game. Uh, I think they'll be in a bowl game again this year. So, you know, this is a this is an Army running the triple option with, with guys that don't know what they're doing for the last, you know, uh, 10, 50, or 10 years or so that we've seen. I mean, so they're very competent running this system. And if, if you're competent running this system, I think you're going to see that. You know, I'll give our audience a bonus game. Watch out for Tulane at Oklahoma on Saturday. Because I still don't think Oklahoma is that good on defense. They still gave up five yards of crack to Ohio State's tailbacks. For some odd reason, Ohio State only chose to give the tailback the ball 16 times in the game. They should have done that in the first freaking half. All right, so Tulane now is running a triple option attack. They darn near beat Navy in Annapolis last Saturday. They're a lot, they're very much improved. When o- when Oklahoma scheduled that game, Tulane wasn't a triple option team. So you catch Oklahoma coming off a big emotional win with conference play next week. That's Tulane's going to cover that game, and I think that and I could see the same thing here as well. The only reason I'm not going with Army is I is we've seen the history at Ohio State. When they have an effort like that, what they tend to do to people the next week, I know I lived the other side of that once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So that's the one thing I'm concerned about is they just come out really PO'd and just blow their doors off in the first quarter and a half before or Army's even awakened yet. But other than that, it's just hard to cover big numbers against competent triple option teams. They possess the ball so long. Indeed, USC hosts Texas. 14 points are the Trojans favored by, to speak like Yoda. I initially wanted to lean towards USC, but i kind of been learning to go away from my initial feel on some of these that seem so obvious. I'm going to take Texas, just putting three on it, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Texas. I'm putting seven on the Longhorns. Tom Herman's career at Houston, he played six ranked teams, covered every game, won them all outright, including some big names. Uh, Louisville last year when they were number three in the country. Oklahoma last year, Florida State, and the New York, New York Six two years ago. So I'm, I'm going to play a hunch here that USC probably can't play a five-star game two weeks in a row. And this might be Herman's chance to sort of reintroduce himself 
after what happened against Maryland. And and I'm not, I don't know that they'll win, even in the preseason. I thought they were going to win this game. But maybe they might represent themselves pretty well with that big of a number on a national stage. So I'll take the Longhorns. Now this next game is, to me, one of the most intriguing of the week. Oklahoma State is at Pittsburgh. Oklahoma State opened as an 11.5-point favorite. Now, in our office down in, in Tulsa, where I work, we do a weekly pool. Everybody tosses five bucks in. And, and this week, I was in charge of picking the, the nine games that we did. And I included this one, obviously, Oklahoma, a lot of Oklahoma State fans in our office. But the line that I had today, the current Caesar line, as about 10 a.m. this morning, Central Time, the line was Oklahoma State minus 13.5. Mm-hmm. And on my pick in the office, I took Pittsburgh because I felt like that number was too big and I was getting that hook. I think 13 points is a comfort zone for me, but 13.5 tilted me towards Pittsburgh. We're using a minus 11.5 as the opening line. And I'm going with Oklahoma State in our prediction because that's really near what I'm thinking it's going to be. I'm putting eight points on Oklahoma State. But that line, to me, when I saw it, I was surprised it wasn't larger. Yeah, this is one of the few games on our slate in this podcast that are that's included in my own personal weekly picks. And in on my own personal weekly picks, I go with the latest line at the time of publication. All right. And mm-hmm. that's at 13 and a half. But I'm still taking Pittsburgh here. They held Saquon Barkley to 82 yards last week. They actually ran more plays. They slightly outgained Penn State. This is their this is the biggest home underdog Pitt Pitt has been since two thousand and one. Okay, um, I I think they're going to play very well. Now I'm high on Oklahoma State. I, I still think they're going to be a playoff team. I really like the way they played the first two weeks, where even defensively they didn't let underwhelming teams, you know, get a bunch of garbage time points and yards like we've seen. Uh, from them in the past, but I, I think Pitt will will uh, with a national spotlight, a lot of pride, huge underdog. Um, I think they're going to play very well in this game. In fact, I'm putting 15. Mm. This is my 15 point game this week. Is the Panthers plus the points? I think they're going to scare the living daylights out of Oklahoma State. Wow, that's a it's a lot of numbers, a lot of a lot of wood there. Um, Clemson is at Louisville. Louisville is favored by – I'm sorry, Clemson is favored by three points. I, I, I'm putting nine on, on Louisville to, to cover this. I, I think Louisville actually will win the game. Remember I said a few minutes ago there's a, there's a game this week where the spread reminds me of Northwestern and Duke mm-hmm. last week. It's this one. Because if you watched Clemson last week – Hold on a second. Jared Stenham just got sacked again. Uh, if you watched that last week, and you're the and the and they're the defending national champs, and the way Louisville finished the season last year, uh, the public perception here, you know, in fact, in the previous game we talked about in Vegas, they call that in a pros versus Joe's game, meaning that the average Joe is 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 betting up one side, and the but but the sharps the professional betters are all going the other way and you see this in the in the in the oklahoma state pittsburgh game the public is all over oklahoma state and the sharps are all over pittsburgh well in this game you would think clemson would be like at least a touchdown favorite they clearly are the better team they're the defending national champs 
Louisville's starting running back Jeremy Smith's out for the year. Now they do have a couple other guys at that spot, but this line just smells funny to me. Like it's like they are begging you to take Clemson with the perception. So I'm going to take Louisville too, um, only because of the line. If the line was seven or more, I would take Clemson. I'm only taking Louisville because. I, I wished I would have had the guts to take Duke last week when the line smelled fishy to me. I don't want to regret it, again, not doing it with a game th- again this week. So even though, other than Lamar Jackson, I think every other personnel grouping on the field advantage Clemson, the line here tells me that Vegas thinks Jackson's athleticism is enough to let Louisville hang around and that they think he'll have the ball at the end of the game, go all Vince Youngy and win. That's what the line tells me. So uh, guys in Vegas know more than me. So I'm playing the line based on what I think the guys in Vegas think, not what I think. Last game, I, I knew better than to invite Kansas State to our picks this year, but uh, I did so anyway. Kansas State on the road, four-point favorite at Vanderbilt. I took Kansas State, only putting four points on it. But I, in the back of my head, I'm like, Dace actually said something positive about Vanderbilt this past weekend, didn't he? Yeah, they've got something on offense they haven't had. A threat? And they can they got balance. They can throw the football. You know? So this is another spread. In terms of perception, there's much more perception in favor of Kansas State. So they're only if they're they're ranked. Vandy's considered by most people a perennial also ran. I mean, they're 2-0, and but most people couldn't tell you what their record is or who they've beaten. Um, I think actually one of the teams they've beaten was Middle Tennessee State in the opener. If I, if my, it was either Middle Tennessee State or Memphis, one of those teams that was expected to be very good in their group of five conference, and they went on, beat them on the road, dominated them, in fact. Um, last year, Vanderbilt was a home dog twice. Um, won both of those games straight up. So uh, it's the first road game for Kansas State. They haven't played anybody approaching a team with a pulse. That line just, again, smells fishy to me. I would have had Kansas State, you know, if we would have played predict the the point spreads like Marty and Miller used to do back in the day on Monday, I would have said, you know, seven or eight Kansas State. That smells fishy to me. I'm taking Vandy plus the four as a home dog from the SEC, and I'm putting 11 points on the Commodores. All right. That will wrap up this week's Picks installment of HN Podcast. I'll be back with the instant reaction Saturday following Iowa's game at North against North Texas, and Steve and I will dream it all up again on Sunday. For Steve, I'm John. Thank you for listening.